So, now today, we go to the next topic um, in the discussion of uh, major spiritual topic, uh, spiritual path topics. Today we're going to look at dreams, and working from nine questions, although I think we're not going to get to all of them, but we're going to get to a number of them, uh, a good number. And what I'd like to do is read um, the questions as they were written, and then answer them uh, one by one. But I'd like to read the first two or three that I think can be handled together. Question one, and this refers back to the raw material. Ra talks about remembering dreams as a skill. And this comes from session 86, question 10. Ra talks about remembering dreams as a skill, and the dreams can be used for healing one's distortions. Could you elaborate on how and why it can be useful? And question two, in session 86, 12, or at session 86 also, same, Ra spoke about the activity of dreaming, helping to heal one's distortions. So we're still talking about healing distortions. I assume one idea is to gain insight. In psychology, or the field of psychology, it's said that insight is useful, yet not enough to change one's attitude. So how can healing occur then in that context? So uh, remembering dreams as a skill, using dreams for healing, the healing is healing of distortions. How is that done? Uh, the activity of dreaming and remembering dreams, helping to heal distortions associated then with insight or gaining insight on which is self-understanding or deeper understanding of the subconscious or personal psychological process. Uh, is that insight enough for healing? How does it relate to healing? Uh, if it's as psychology, uh, field of psychology experts say, it's not enough to change one's attitude. How can healing occur with only insight? Or does it only occur with insight? And then question three, how does one distinguish useful from non-important material within a dream? And can the clues um, within a dream be related to repetition or strength, you know, intensity of the detail of the aspect of the dream? Big picture versus details, meaning micro versus macroscopic dynamics of, of any dream that we remember, and or emotional triggers of the dream. And so, uh, let me look at all those three together. So, remembering dreams as a skill means it can be learned and improved over time by practice. So, skills are improved by practice. Practice requires persistence, commitment, and, you know, ultimately, any skill is learned only to the degree that we deeply want to learn it uh, what what when anyone proficient in any skill even an art like playing the violin is proficient um, mainly because they really really want it they highly value it and therefore they have persistence and endurance and um, you know the the strength of character strength of will really to stay with it and keep self-improving um, as they learn it. And so uh, by writing down one's dreams in a dream diary or journal, by studying about dream analysis, by listening to dreams and um, 
familiarizing oneself with um, the psychological aspect of dreams as well as other types of dreams which are <laughs> metaphysical meaning it seemed like uh, it seems like a dream but it was so real and in, you know from my understanding which is beyond transpersonal psychology it's called metaphysics or uh, integral psychology you can say uh, some of what we call dreams are out-of-body experience so we talked about that a lot now uh, to uh, the the skill in remembering dreams is really uh, more so a skill in being able to read the significance of dreams and that skill surely includes this ability to distinguish useful from non-important meaning aspects of uh, you know, particular dynamics of dreams or dreams as a whole uh, uh, action sequences in a dream uh, aspects of a portion portions of a particular longer dream uh, and this sort of general discernment of what's important what's not important that's one aspect of the skill in knowing how to read dreams so it's not simply remembering <clears throat> but interpreting and that skill of interpreting definitely includes or in fact significant you know uh, rests very much on um, the, dis the, the, the skill of determining what's important and what's not important so when somebody tells me a dream the first thing I, th I look at is uh, is it significant is it psychological or is it metaphysical uh, out-of-body astral uh, is it uh, purely a product of their own mind-body process and there may be you know we can have a dream that that the the dam is about to burst and it doesn't have any psychological meaning and it's not an out-of-body experience it's simply because the person needs to pee and the bladder is full and the it's coming up into the mind as imagery of a bur a dam about to burst so that's a somatic dream or dream imagery coming simply from a physical process then there's psychological <clears throat> um, which could be the same a dream about to burst uh, or dam about to burst um, and it may be that the person has deep concern uh, about some uh, very powerful dynamic in their life associated with water then you have to know how to read about water and what it means to that person dot 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 that is about to uh, overwhelm them in their life uh, an imminent overwhelming um, submerging drowning type flooding um, process in life or phen phenomenon or aspect uh, you know <clears throat> um, situation in their personal life that is about that they fear will overwhelm them or <laughs> it could be that the person went out of body and they're looking at a dam that really is about to burst because there's a typhoon coming in three days and it's going to burst that dam. That's precognitive. So, uh, how does one learn discernment? <laughs> so, there are two sides to any learning. Uh, one is um, left brain, the other is right brain. One is analytical, logical, linear, uh, very conceptual it's called thinking Con uh, critical logical independent thinking 
very much rational, uh, comparative, sequential, um, you know, compare, contrast, all the, the tools of, of logical thought. Left brain, or at least wisdom-oriented. Then there's love. The love basis is basically direct knowing or intuition, inspiration, a holistic knowing, not necessarily depending on thinking, knowing without thinking. Uh, aha, I got it. <clears throat> so that's uh, nonlinear or um, uh, non... Uh, it's, it's at certain level uh, supra-conceptual, uh, getting impression on the mind from a higher level or a deeper level of mind, of awareness, and then formulating concept by the sensed impression. The, I have a sense of this, and I'm just going to focus on it until it gets clear. And that paying attention is not the same as uh, compare, contrast, linear, logical thinking processes. Not. And that could be said as, um, you know, uh, knowing by love or knowing by uh, holistic reception, inspiration, intuition versus knowing by thinking and uh, calculation and, um, you know, uh, very, very uh, lengthy, uh, linear, rational process. That's how one <laughs> develops discernment. <laughs> one develops both of those qualities as best one can. And that includes study, and it includes reflection, contemplation, and it includes meditation, and it includes uh, knowing yourself well, and it includes uh, commitment to honesty. And so that's how one can discern what's useful, what's not useful, what's important, what's not important. Surely, uh, if you have the same kind of dream imagery again and again, repetition, it's probably important. And in fact, it comes back again and again because the mind is stuck there. But the purpose of it's coming back again and again, certain imagery, um, is because that's an issue that one really seeks to work through that the deeper mind wants the conscious mind to get the point, to learn something, and uh, readjust accordingly. Uh, likewise, Ross talked about sexual partnership, where one is blocked in the lower triad chakras and the other one is green ray vibrating. The one that's blocked in the lower, one that's more blocked in the lower chakras may have this uh, sexual insatiability hungering. Uh, with that love-based other partner or partner uh, for, for sexual union uh, because um, they're seeking green ray activation and unblockage. So what we're stuck on, particularly as comes through a dream where there's repetition, uh, is, is um, the evidence of a blockage um, that is seeking its own releasing, seeking its own uh, catharsis. Strength, of course, you know, all of these are important. And no, it's not that complicated. A very powerful emotional charge uh, being triggered strongly emotionally uh, upon awakening. And <clears throat> uh, a, a dynamic in the dream that is uh, felt to be intense, obviously, you know, is important. And what's more subtle may still be important, 
but not necessarily at the emotional, but more mental, spiritual. And so, uh, how does one distinguish useful from non-important material in a dream? One develops discernment. How does one develop discernment? <laughs> one has a commitment to honesty and truth, and one has a certain detachment uh, from one's emotionalism. And one also knows a clear mind and what it means to be quiet, to have a mind that can rest quietly and be comfortable in silence or comfortable without um, making thought. And so um, that development of discernment, which comes from uh, development of mind, which comes from commitment to mind development, which comes from a commitment to honesty and self-acceptance, um, is a skill <laughs> is the skill of remembering dreams or the activity of healing but it's not just remembering it's interpreting and knowing as to how it heals distortions of course it includes insight uh, but uh, you know insight is not the whole of um, of what's needed for healing but here you're also getting into what how modern psychology considers healing versus how healing may be understood from a more metaphysical mind-body-spirit multi-dimensional perspective. What is healing? Well, insight is understanding. Uh, I would imagine that when, you know, the questioner drawing from psychology, let me answer, you don't have to jump in. Um, when psychology, the field of psychology says insight's not enough, they're also saying that action and uh, reformed behavior is necessary, or the um, uh, establishing of a new way of living in the world, or a new way of, of being, uh, speech and action, uh, also is essential for healing. And I would say that's probably, you know, that's basically true. I mean, you can say that there are two aspects of healing. There's that which changes the energy fields, and that which um, is associated with change of mind. And then change of mind leads to change of action, meaning speech and behavior. So thought, word, and deed. By thought, so changes word and deed. And when thought is really changed, meaning in this case insight, when there's really deep insight, naturally uh, speech, uh, how we speak, how we talk about things, and deed or how we live our life and the choices we make in life naturally do change. If um, behavior and speech are not changed and one has some insight but doesn't make changes physically, behaviorally, uh, and uh, in terms of speech and expression, then uh, you can say that perhaps it's not well known, well learned yet. We can say that there are also conflicting elements in the mind or the psyche that mitigate against um, the demonstration or expression of the insight. And so, uh, what is healing? Clearly, it's lower chakra, lower triad blockage clearance, but that doesn't really mean much because we have to say, you know, it can be blocked and cleared and we don't know. Um, <laughs> it's obviously, um, I mean, the, the demonstration of lower chakra blockages being cleared or um, lower triad clearance, the demonstration is more comfortable living in 4-5-6. More love, wisdom, and uh, faith, will, wholeness, spiritual awareness, balance. You know, six chakra, 
very much about, I think, uh, obviously love, wisdom, balance, but not only, also a sense of wholeness, law of one, also uh, faith in self, also uh, trust in God or trust in law, karma, and awareness of the metaphysical or the multidimensional, uh, karma, reincarnation, higher principles, higher beings, higher meaning, deeper meaning. Not simply the uh, understanding wisdom, but understanding um, the multidimensional, um, knowing it. <laughs> and uh, so the, acti- you know, the, the demonstration of lower triad clearance is, um, uh, or the, the manifestation of lower triad blockages being cleared, is the demonstration in daily life naturally of the qualities of green ray, blue ray, indigo. Meaning, more love and acceptance, less struggle, less fighting, more accepting and understanding, more natural care, compassion, sympathy, happiness with others, and feeling their feeling, and wisdom, discernment, and uh, qualities of six chakra. So, insight <clears throat> may be enough if that insight truly is associated with um, structural seven chakra change. Uh, You know, there are people who are serving the world day after day and very imbalanced. There are people who are hermitic, living alone, or you don't even know them, nobody knows them, and they're very balanced. Rod talked about that. So the person with great action, great energy and service to other may be very distorted. They have certainly good, good will, meaning strong will, but they may be very distorted. So, uh, insight, to say that insight is not enough to change one's attitude, uh, so say they. So say they. Uh, What do they think is sufficient? Well, I guess it's some kind of uh, physical, verbal, you know, social, interpersonal demonstration of what the the person has insight on. Uh, But basically, you know, knowing your dream... the skill in remembering dreams is the skill of interpreting. The skill of interpreting is um, reading symbology. And uh, it's uh, of limited value to consult the dream symbol dictionary, the encyclopedia of dream symbols. Water means this, and flying means that. Well, that's what people do when they don't check in with their own mind. (laughs) And it's okay to start with and see, okay, here are 12 meanings, uh, symbolic, dream symbol, symbolic meanings to the image of water, let's say, or dam bursting. But, you know, the skill really is uh, interplay between conscious subconscious. It's the interplay between 4, 5, and 1, 2, 3. To activate wisdom, dis- wisdom discernment or intuitive um, ration, in, intuitive reason, rational intuition, the the union of love wisdom, meaning uh, intuitive receptivity with um, analytical ability, uh, combined equaling discernment and and capacity to read symbols in dreams, read the dream as its deeper meaning. And one of the values of that is that you can read your life better, too. Why did I meet this person? What is the deeper 
purpose? What are some of the not one, but what are the deeper purposes? What are some of the deeper meanings for this conflict in my life or this illness? And so, reading a dream, reading dream imagery or um, symbolic thinking or symbolic knowing, knowing symbolism well in a dream helps knowing um, the significance of life catalyst as well, like the catalyst of illness, the catalyst of preoccupation or a certain uh, tendency of mind. Why am I so concerned with with shoes? <laughs> Not me, but why? Why? I mean, I met some guy once a long, long time ago. He was a very worldly fellow. And one of the first things he did is looked at my shoes. <laughs> and I thought, huh? And um, it's because there's some um, judging of social position and my worth, worthiness, in his estimation by the quality of my footwear. And that's one thing, but, you know, if he's a client, um, I might ask him, why are you concerned with somebody's feet and footwear when you meet them? And he'll say, well, I don't know, or uh, I like shoes, or going deeper, um, I can assess their their wealth. Okay, why do you want to do that? Well, I want to assess um, their social position. Why? Because uh, I care about social position. Why? Uh, because uh, I care about my own. Why? <laughs> because I feel good when I'm at a higher and bad when I'm at a lower. Why? Because what other people think about me is important. Why? Because I'm not sure about myself and I uh, only feel good or I don't feel good when people look down on me because I don't feel good in general or I'm not so happy with myself in general. Oh, really? How? <laughs> because... Um, my parents always were critical of me and said I'd never amount to much, but I've proven them wrong, and I want to surround myself with winners, not losers, and then I feel good about myself, uh, but I'm very sensitive to how people see me, so I'm very sensitive to seeing their position too. Now, what is that? Is it true? Is it false? It sounds like uh, it's a pretty moderate self-understanding there that that the ability to know one's mind uh, is is not different than the ability to read one's dreams is not different than the ability to read the significance of various forms of catalysts such as illness why do i have a pain in my left toe my left foot third toe well what's the meaning of that well i consult my you know body science book by hilarion or something but then i reflect on uh, what that means. Okay, it's a problem with stability of self-worth um, basis. Uh, left foot, dot, dot, dot. So anyway, uh, we the self heals the self by love and wisdom. And, and in this case, love is not simply uh, accepting, but also intuitive sensitivity or seeking to be impressed upon, to have the conscious mind impressed by deeper levels of mind in which truth is, is simply uh, awaiting our, our discovery, our illumination. We don't have to calculate. The point is that uh, everything, all, every book is open book for those with eyes to see. 
All truth is available for those with eyes to see. And one can arrive at those truths um, leading with love or leading with wisdom, uh, leading with uh, the, the commitment to uh, open, open being receptivity or a commitment to logical, rational, analytical, uh, careful discerning and, and comparison and, and uh, weighing of possibilities. And so uh, dreaming is a message from a message from or a, uh, a tableau, a, a landscape, a portrait, a snapshot of the subconscious in the psychological type of dream. Likewise, one can have enough discernment to determine that it not some of the dreams are not psychological, they're out of body. And so the way of healing <laughs> is basically chakra clearance, which demonstrates or manifests as the demonstration a natural manifestation that demonstrates as uh, green, blue, indigo. So figure out what that means. Then you'll know what signs of healing are. Now, going on, chat questions four and five. What do you think of the purpose of precognitive dreams and what emphasize or learning higher self or the entity hopes to make from it? Meaning, what's the purpose? There are some dreams that are precognitive. They're not psychological. They're interdimensional or, um, you know, a vision of a possible future. And what emphasis or learning, what, what, what is the purpose, what, what may be the purpose, or what are some of the purposes of precognitive dreams from a higher self perspective or from the entity's own perspective? You know, why do, why do some people have precognitive dreams? Um, what may we learn from it? What is... And you see, all of these are very complicated questions. Uh, what the higher self thinks is, is not the same as what the entity thinks, which is not the same as what the conscious mind thinks. Okay, the conscious mind has an uh, has a perspective. The deep mind has another perspective. The higher self has another perspective. The logos has another perspective. And so, who are you talking about? Who who wants to know? Uh, who are we talking about? And so that's, when we're talking about what's the purpose, uh, we have to consider the different levels of beingness and their own. The second, and I'm just offering this out before I launch in, second question here that's linked is, precognitive dreams seem to be also perceived or received through personal filters. Yes, personal filters we have is a lower chakra blockage, very literally our filters. Can we assume that by seeing what is to come, like a simple next day event, with those personal, can we assume that can we assume that by seeing what is to come, with those personal filters in the dream, then observing the event in reality, that then an entity may be able to discern more clearly one's filters. An example is like in a dream one sees, or the precognitive vision, two big black, two big dangerous black dogs. In reality, one sees two little black puppies. Um, and so um, the um, the summary here is, can the difference be, meaning the difference between what occurs in reality in physical 3D phenomena in the future versus how one dreamt of it precognitively? Can the difference, that difference, be one's filter? Can it be one function of a precognitive dream to emphasize one's filters? 
Just because you can do it doesn't mean the purpose uh, of its exist of its arising was so that you can do it. So that that <laughs> if one gets to that level of complexity, uh, where in the conscious mind and somewhat deeper in the subconscious, one wishes to determine one's filters by an, a comparison of a precognitive dream with the future occurrence, then indeed that could be a purpose of such a dream. But generally, in my limited understanding, uh, precognitive dreams are not uh, don't arise to show one's filters. However, um, precog- you know, um, we have filters, and healing equals uh, dissolving filters. The filters are through our lower triad blockages. That's called filter. Distortions in the personal mind, which is subconscious and conscious, the personal mind being levels of conscious, levels of subconscious, then below that goes out of the personal to the racial and planetary and cosmic. So cosmic, planetary, racial, and then personal. Uh, Personal, transpersonal, or higher self-personal, meaning higher dimensional personal and then third density more third density related subconscious personal then third density more physical manifestation space time related conscious those are levels of mind and the filters are in the personal subconscious generally i mean there there are planetary and racial filters too right biases that we that we all have uh, being born in a human genetic body. And I don't buy the story that the, you know, the evil ETs put some bad genetics into us and now we can't get enlightened or now we're entrapped by those evil archons. That's what liars want you to think. Liars want you to think that they are masterful and powerful and dominant and supreme. Liars <laughs> want you to believe that you're weak. So any kind of metaphysical message that says you are so weak and we or they are so strong is generally coming from a liar. And people have been lied to for so long that they can't discern who's a liar. So they may um, uh, very sincerely and kindly, however, with minimal, with lacking discernment, repeat the lies of liars uh, and let the listeners think that they are weak and and the evil ones or the big bad the big guys are big and strong so be careful that's a planetary filter and a personal now i don't th- uh, precognitive dreams like all dreams come through filters yes those filters are uh distortions in mind the distortions in mind um have multiple can uh, appear at all the levels of mind so we're talking about the conscious mind which is personal conscious five senses and the sixth sense of intellect that's it that's the conscious mind really really small and narrow then there's a subconscious which is vast and the subconscious begins with the personal subconscious and so the personal filters through that generate all psychological dreams. You see, when one has, um, when one has only minimal distortions in mind, equals minimal uh, lower triad blockage, lower chakra blockage. 
equals um, minimal psychological conflict, equals minimal distortion in the deep mind, equals healthy sense of self, and love-wisdom-based um, values, love-wisdom-based core beliefs. So, uh, in the deep personal subcon- the deep personal mind or the subconscious. Uh, we have the um, thought forms or patterns of thought associated with lower second chakra. Second third is where we're talking about here. Lower second chakra. Um, self-conscious sense of self. The personal sense of myself, which basically is particularly self-esteem, self-value, self-worth. And uh, nearly everyone has distortions in self-worth because they don't have full six chakra activation. You'll only have a perfectly crystallized second chakra with its minimal distortion, minimal blockage, and nearly no distortions in sense of self, uh, only to the degree that six chakra is, um, is banded, is fully in intercourse, energy, interplay. Six two chakra band. Depending on what? Depends on four or five. So, uh, energy fully moving from root to indigo ray, from red to indigo, first ray to sixth ray, uh, so, you know, sufficient so that the 6-2 chakra band is uh, well-developed, meaning one's sense of self, one's personal sense of self or sense of the personal self is fully infused with um, awareness of a true spiritual being, true, you know, higher self, is unified being is uh, the um, transformation of the body mind identified self or self as body mind I am the body, I am the personality I am my gender I am my uh, race physical body, genetic race I am human, I am my personality I am young, I am old I am good, I am bad, I am this and that my title I am a teacher, whatever all of those um, limited self-identifications associated with body-mind, associated with 3D, 1, 2, 3, that's it, uh, dissolve into a greater awareness of self, which is not a self, but a presence, beingness presence, uh, unbound or boundless uh, beingness presence anchored in this body-mind for now. Now, one can go psycho on that, but that's not necessary. Meaning spiritual grandiosity or some kind of dissociative process is possible, but not necessary. Uh, Neither is needed. Um, And so, only when that, when when the sense of the personal, you know, when self-worth and self-value has been replaced by a sincere, true awareness of the unified self, the awareness of six ray, complete and whole and perfect. Uh, self as a being of infinite worth, as Ra said. Uh, complete and whole and perfect, and in process with distortions and blockages, and um, <laughs> with a lot of work to do, and with very little awareness or knowledge compared to what's possible, and complete and whole and perfect. So, um, relatively distorted and absolutely complete. Uh, Both true. (laughs) 
when one has some sense, greater sense of that, as far as I know, as far as I've learned, um, then one has some significant degree of second, third chakra uh, blockage clearance. And that's um, very much um, dissolving filters. And when that happens, and so in Taoism says, you know, the superior man sleeps without dreaming. And uh, dreaming in many ways as a psychological source, both psychological and physical, but particularly psychological, which is the bulk of most people's dreaming, comes from uh, lower chakra blockages. That as they become less blocked, uh, one needs less dreaming. Less dreaming is needed. Then there are people who are attached to dreaming, and want to make a big deal out, have made a big deal out of dream, a career out of dream journaling. My career as a dream chronicler. Well, that's fine. Then the subconscious keeps pumping out more imagery, much of which is unimportant, actually, in my view. Meaning, I've met lots of people along the way, the way, along the we, who basically um, are are super attached to dream narrative uh, analysis. And the subconscious just keeps pumping out more. But that's the personal subconscious. And it's not that higher self is making that happen. It's that the personal subconscious, the deep mind, um, has uh, is operating by the strength of the conscious mind attachment to uh, continual rich dream narrative production. I want to be chronicling dreams and exciting dreams and more and more and more. Then the person makes a big deal out of it, uh, consciously, and the subconscious follows along. And it's not coming from higher self at all, and it's not even psychological. <laughs> it's actually the filter um, expressing itself, the filter of attachment to one's mind. So, of course, um, it's true, and it's sort of a, a, a thoughtful point that, yes, you can identify your filter by comparison of how you dreamed it versus how it manifests in the so-called future. Of course, yes, indeed. Then, like, seeing pig, two big dangerous dogs in, in the dream, and then the next day one sees two little puppies and thinks, ah, perhaps I had a precognitive dream, but I exaggerated the threat uh, because I have a lot of fear. <laughs> because of what? Then you have to have the skill in dream interpretation. Why did I exaggerate? Well, maybe I have a strong fear of dogs. Uh, maybe, I mean, there are many answers, not one. Uh, fear, strong fear of dogs. Strong fear of animals. Strong fear of my own animal nature. Strong fear of emotion. Strong, uh, you know, some past life attachment to violence. Some past life uh, fear of violence. Uh, some sense that I'm vulnerable in the world. Some... Um, Lack of faith in self, lack of faith in the world, lack of faith in safety, lack of trust, all sorts of dynamics. And so, yeah, one can. Once upon a time, uh, I had a dream of smashing a rolled newspaper at the edge of a table. This was deep in my monastic time. And I've spoken this dream a couple of times. I was violently smashing a rolled-up newspaper against the uh, sharp edge of a table. And then, for some reason, I stopped, opened the rolled-up newspaper, and found two mangled kittens, or a mangled cat kitten. Mangled, you know, kind of totally mauled by my smashing of the newspaper roll. And I started weeping, 
because I knew what that meant. <laughs> Even before waking up, I knew what that meant. I'm doing this to myself. That was my approach to my own uh, spiritual training. Violent uh, destruction of the mental, the, the cognitive process, like the newspaper. Uh, a profusion of words and thought. Uh, yet within it is this tender, sweet, harmless, innocent, beautiful being, the little kitten, that is being mauled by my violence against uh, the mental process. Uh, and immediately I got it before waking up. I woke up crying. Immediately I knew what was going on. And so, it's not that complicated. Um, and from that time forward, uh, I changed my approach and became more uh, loving towards the mental process, um, no longer seeking to violently destroy this mind uh, thought arising. And so uh, the, that dream showed my conscious attitude of violence and preoccupation with um, the complex profusion of thought and word like a newspaper and my um, approach to being free of it and the, the deeper spiritual beingness of that which I'm violently um, seeking to destroy being uh, purity and uh, absolute innocence and um, loveliness <laughs> a lovely of God, the kitten as a manifestation of the infinite beauty of God, or soul. Uh, okay. Now, that insight uh, did lead to changed behavior. Um, but you see, when the insight gets deep enough, behavior and speech change naturally. And if the behavior and the speech don't change, then um, we can say that the insight wasn't either deep enough or and or um, there's conflict from other tendencies in mind. And so, uh, if we say the purpose of precognitive dream, uh, the first purpose is to know the future. <laughs> but actually, uh, assuming it's an accurate dream of the future, uh, it may not be that profound um, if, if there are certain people who are very attached to uh, death and destruction and uh, all sorts of sad and, and unfortunate sorrowful suffering things and they regularly dream of people dying and trouble of this sort or another the purpose of that what's the purpose I don't know there's no purpose they see the future uh, because they're focused on a certain on, on seeking to know the future and I mean there are other people who get precognitive dreams without seeking but one type comes from people who are focused in a certain way on the future or focus on us in certain way in life like very feeling very vulnerable or expecting trouble and disaster and 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 uh, pain uh, around any corner waiting for disaster waiting for the other shoe to fall waiting for the axe to fall uh, uh, a vigilant, wary attitude to life, expecting trouble with a strong sense of vulnerability, uh, they may continual to dream, continually dream precognitively of others' uh, trouble. And some of that will be true, and some of them are false. 
like, oh, I dream that there's going to be a tsunami and destroy our city. It didn't happen. It's just that person's fear. So what's the purpose of that dream? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, who are we talking about? The, it's a manifestation of their conscious, subconscious preoccupation or, or focus or uh, attachment. It was false or it didn't come true. Um, then what do they do? I don't know if there's any purpose of it at all. So, you know, people think that there's a purpose because they use, uh, because they, they uh, make use of it in a certain way. I don't think there's any purpose to that dream, but it can be used well. And so people, um, th this is a very deep tangle that I've found in a lot of people's mind that there's, there's the attribution of purposefulness to that which is simply a natural phenomenon that can be used for learning or not but it didn't but the purpose it's arising didn't necessarily doesn't always occur for learning i'm holding my cup and i'm distracted i loosen my grip it falls it smashes it's gone oh my favorite cup look what i've done what's the purpose i don't think there's any purpose the purpose <laughs> the, the fact is um i didn't have presence of mind to keep focused on a certain level of grip to hold the cup so it didn't fall and crash and look what I've done now I can use it in a certain way but to say that it came for that purpose uh, I don't think that you know I think there's a real danger in that approach frankly now we can have the attitude of I want to learn from everything I want to keep growing this great this great but to say to to seek to seek purpose attribution to, to go attributing here and there, this is how people become um, flaky mystic uh, mystics. Very flaky mystics say, "Oh, this happened because of this. This happened because of this. Oh, you drop the cup so you can learn um, to not get distracted." It was a teaching. It was a calling from a higher self to get less distracted. No, I don't think it works that way, folks. Uh, people should really ponder their own desire to attribute purposefulness. However, if you want a purpose, great. If you want to keep learning from everything, it's great. But but don't, you know, be careful. And, and there are people who walk around that way um, looking for the purpose. What's the purpose? What's What should I do? Well, if you want to use it for growth, that's great. But if you're always looking to find the hidden purpose or attribute purpose, uh, I think that you're complicating life and um, adding another layer uh, of, of filter. <laughs> You're adding a new filter by seeking the hidden purposefulness of all that occurs. But if you want to learn from it, that's great. I dropped my cup. Fuck. What? <laughs> Why? Well, I obviously was distracted and didn't value that which I uh, love. I love my little cup. My favorite cup. Uh, I was distracted. Well, uh, my value doesn't match my commitment to focus. My focus, the degree of my commitment to focus on making sure I don't loosen my grip on my favorite cup, doesn't match my belief in that which I value. Or my feeling that I didn't, you know, I want to keep it, not break it. What's going on there? Well, then I can look at self-sabotage and I can look at... Um, all sorts of very subtle, complex psychodynamics. 
and that's because I want to use the experience for learning. But that doesn't mean that's the purpose of my dropping the cup. And uh, I just don't think, you know, where, if you want to know the purpose, you have to determine the level of, the, le the, the level of self in which there's authorship. What level of self um, determines authorship? Who did it? Well, higher self doesn't do that kind of stuff. ET doesn't do that kind of stuff. Um, the conscious mind and the subconscious does that. And so uh, there's a lot of stuff goes on that's done by levels of the, of the personal mind that we're unaware of. Those are the filters. So I love this cup consciously, but subconsciously I seem to be not valuing it enough to keep my grip. Keep a grip. And so what's that all about? Well, that's me not knowing myself, me working against my conscious mind, me wanting to hurt myself, me, you know, not valuing, not, not making, not having a commitment to that which I value. Who knows? There's are many, many meanings. And so to think that higher self makes all this, that make, higher self doesn't make precognitive dreams as far as I know. It's the subconscious, um, it's the deep personal desire to know the future. Uh, some people always want to know the future. Some people get precognitive dreams uh, even though they don't care about the future. It's very upsetting, perhaps. Or it's very wonderful. I won the lottery. Oh my god. And it really happens. Well, sometimes a precognitive dream occurs uh, because the future is so significant, either uh, a pleasure or pain, or supportive or harmful, uh, you know, uh, limiting, that it that, that the future mind intrudes on the present. Because time is, you know, time is not linear, or the linear linear time is just one way of looking at it. The mind is transtemporal, obviously. And so the mind can know past and future. The mind can be free in time, as it is in time-space or astral. That's what a precognitive dream is, is a manifestation of the mind's freedom in time that it can know the future and know the past. That doesn't mean the purpose is from higher self. And so, to think that everything that happens is done by higher self is really mistaken, frankly. Higher self is less interested in you than you think. And higher self is more interested in you than you think. But not quite interested in you in the same way you think. You know? I mean, the master of the temple has a certain commitment to the students in a certain way that the students don't know. More than they think. However, they're not the higher the higher self and the master of the temple is less interested in each individual student than that student hopes and thinks as well. It's very subtle. I mean, I've been with certain teachers, and you know, they are not personality cherishing. They are not like, "Oh, you're so great," or "Oh, good job, man." Oh, I'm happy with you. They're not like that at all. They're very cool, but they get you. They really get you. They know you better than you know yourself in many ways. Uh, and they love you more than you love yourself in many ways. But they're less concerned with you in, uh, than you may hope. Uh, and so I wouldn't even, you know, I, I wouldn't even presume uh, attribution of purpose from higher self in precognitive dreams or psychological dreams. Psychological dreams, what's the purpose of psychological dreams? Uh, it, it's simply... 
uh, setting aside the moment, the, the issue of purpose, let's just look at how it comes to be. It comes to be because there are filters or blockages in lower triad, and there's stuff that needs to get resolved, distortions in mind, blockages in lower triad, um, that simply arise and move from the subconscious to the conscious through the agency of a dream. That's called karma. <laughs> That's called the upward spiraling light from root to crown. That's um, done by the logos, the law that lets that happen. The law that lets that happen is made by the logos. But it doesn't mean the logos intends for you uh, to dream. But to the extent that there's a curtain, a veil, between conscious and subconscious, done by the logos, there are certain laws by which energy uh, moves up the seven rays and either gets blocked or baffled or, or moves, moves fle- freely um, in in relationship to how one has used one's mind, the degree to which one has brought love wisdom to the lower triad, actually, determines the uh, bulk and the nature uh, of the dreaming. And uh, it's simply a natural phenomenon, no different than the law of gravity, actually. Now, one can use it for learning, and that's wonderful, but that doesn't mean that it comes for learning. And so, you know, you can make lemonade out of lemons, uh, but that doesn't mean that the purpose of God's creation of lemons is for you to make lemonade. (laughs) Or something like that. So, um, yes, you can observe your filters by comparing the future from the dream, the precognitive dream, uh, but I wouldn't say that one function of precognitive dream is to emphasize one's filters. Uh, I don't think that precognitive dreams come from higher self at all. I mean, it can be, but generally not. Generally, it's either the person who is very um, ang- anxious about the future and um, very worried about certain future events, consciously and or subconsciously. One can be consciously very blithe, like, oh, carefree, but subconsciously have a very strong concern about something in the future. Uh, that can lead to a precognitive dream of the future, or uh, the precognitive dream—you know, the dream of the future, or that seems to be the dream that seems to be precognitive, that seems to be focused on a future. To the extent that it doesn't come so, uh, often is an expression of one psychological process, like, you know, the black dog, the big dogs versus the little dog, uh, and so. Uh, on the other hand, one can have a accurate dream of the future, precognitive dream, and it doesn't happen because things have changed between the time of the dreaming and the future, or (laughs) one was simply seeing a probability line, and there are multiple probability lines. Uh, One can have a great fear of something and uh, imagine a precognitive dream, but it isn't precognitive, it's psychological. And then it doesn't happen, of course, because it wasn't precognitive, it was simply your fear of the future or your obsession or concern with the future. So all this is thought, thought, thought. Everybody's full of thought. And the, the more full of thought, the more dreaming one will be. And so, um, finally, question six, and this will be where I end here. Can dreams in general reflect, reflect one's level of consciousness? Obviously, I mean, you know, it reflects, obviously, the, the condition of the lower triad. And in general, the, le- the, the less 
one has lower chakra blockage, the less dreaming will occur. As to higher dimensions of consciousness, yes, also, uh, meaning like fourth or fifth or sixth density consciousness, but we really are under the veil. We really have limited mind. And so uh, it's not that common that people will have dreams which really are not psychological. You see, if it's associated with fourth, fifth, sixth density life, then it's metaphysical and not a, it's a metaphysical dream or a metaphysical vision or remembrance of outer body or, um, you know, previous experience at that dimensional level or qualities of life or mind or being at that level, at those higher levels. That's not psychological. Um, and yes, of course, um, you know, if you understand, I mean, if you want to understand that, just understand conditions of life in fourth and fifth and sixth density. As you understand that, you'll understand how that might manifest in what's considered to be a dream. But it's not psychological. It's really visionary or um, a kind of channeling, inspirational even, channeling of qualities of mind or life or being at those levels or remembrance of how one's past life there. Um, and so, yes, dreams always reflect one's level of consciousness. I think that, you know, my perspective, just to, to sum things up here, uh, I used to keep a dream journal. And I, like most people, found that the more I wrote, the more material came. And so I had to stay half an hour in bed before getting out to finish the dream journal because I kept remembering more and more. And then came to realize that's an attachment. And um, that wasn't helpful. The, the psychological, the, the psyche deep mind was producing more and more because I wanted more and more and then came to be less interested in that uh, I think I mean for me it was a phase along the way being highly concerned with dream activity and um, as I continued more distorted or less distorted you can choose for yourself um, I had less dreams <laughs> fewer dreams and dreaming wasn't that important. Some dreams are beautiful and wonderful. Um, those are generally out of body and multidimensional. Uh, some dreams of the future, so-called weren't of the future, they were of the filter, yes. You know, uh, apparently precognitive, but essentially psychological. Um, okay, I could become more aware of certain dynamics I had uh, in relation to certain people or things in relation to futures. And some dreams that were repetitive over the years really were quite important to determine and indeed uh, revealed future in ways that I didn't know until the future had finished occurring. At, you know, the, until the, what, what the, those repetitive dreams presaged in symbolic form until uh, af years after it had happened or, or after it had sort of come to be, then I could realize, oh, those repetitive dreams with that symbolism referred to that type of, that event and in their own way. Okay? So, um, that's helpful. But I, I just don't make a big deal out of dreams myself because um, making a, you know, there, there's interest in dreams and there's attachment to dreams, right? 
There's interest in mind and attachment to mind. There's interest in path and attachment to path. Path means, let's say, the principles of transformation, the principles of mind-body-spirit transformation. Right? Ross said the purpose of incarnation is evolution of mind-body-spirit. Well, uh, seeking to know the principles is essential. Um, but there's also attachment to um, thinking uh, endlessly about principles and um, getting tangled in thinking about path and practice rather than practicing. So uh, there's just, you know, there's a Taoist view that uh, the man of the way um, simplifies and um, relinquishes increasingly. And the man of the world accumulates and um, gains increasingly. And so there's a difference between gaining and losing or the necessary continual surrendering, relinquishing, detaching, letting go, releasing, letting, um, letting come and go that's associated with path and, and development. And too much emphasis on dream, just like too much emphasis on study, just like too much emphasis on history or worldly, um, is not associated with the, the, the core principle of surrendering, relinquishment, detaching, um, letting go, associated with spiritual transformation, uh, path and practice. So, uh, there's a lot to say with dreams. I think I covered a lot here. Uh, certainly, we can use dreams well uh, to learn and grow much. Uh, there's also real hindrance to get attached to dreams and dreaming and the world of mind. So, let's just put it that way. Anyway, thank you for the question. And I hope it's been helpful. Take good care of yourselves, and good night.